0: Amen, amen. In the book of Genesis, first book of the Bible, I want to begin reading for you in verse 10, chapter 3. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded to you that you should not eat? Then the man
1: said, the woman who you gave me gave me to eat from the tree, and I ate. And the Lord said to the
0: woman, what is it? that you have done. And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent. And then he goes through a whole list of things that the Lord said to the serpent. Then you get down verse 20, around verse 23, actually verse 21. I'm going to finish with this. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made a tunic, a covering of skin, killed an animal and clothed. Them. He clothed them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bless you today that our help comes from the Lord. Father, we thank you that fear has not come from you and that when we allow the Holy Spirit to control us, we can press past all of the distractions. And so I thank you for the singers today as we are reacclimating ourselves to in person worship. Father, I pray that everyone that is watching and listening, Father, that you would bring them back, those who can. That we might fellowship one with another as you have told us in your word, not to forsake the assembling together of ourselves as some do, but exhorting one another. And we think about what's happening in the world in Ukraine and now expanding to other places with refugees and mothers dying and babies being murdered. And yet in our country, we have the freedom to come and and to worship. This is the epicenter, God, that you use to change the hearts of kings and rulers. You said, oh, God, if your people would come together and we would pray. And so, God, I'm praying, bring bring your family back into this place that we might celebrate together the power that is generated when the church touches and agrees. Things are loosed and bound, and things are bound that would otherwise be loosed. Come, Holy Spirit, to have your way today. We pray this in Jesus' name. The church said amen. Amen. Bless your heart. You may be seated. And it's so good to see some of the young folks that are here, younger couples. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're so grateful for you. Looking all handsome and beautiful behind your mask. And I'm looking so much forward to in April when we can actually see your faces, some of your faces. Uh, brother Tim can keep it. Um, no, no, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah, in case some of you don't know, we're not moving to Dover, we're moving to Middletown. And our church has not changed its name, we're not New Destiny, we are New Direction. Amen, amen, somebody said charge it to his head, not to his heart, amen, praise the Lord. I love my brother, I love, we love you, we love you, amen. Amen, amen. All right. Uh, Today, I'm continuing a series of sermons. I'm entitled Prepare for the Rain. The rain in scriptures represents the blessing or cursing of God. And we saw the example of that in Isaiah chapter 55 where the Lord says that the word of God is like the rain that falls on the soil and penetrates and begins to uh, create life because of what God has enabled the water to do, and so is the word of God. God says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me empty, but it will, it will, it shall accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper wherever I send it. The word of God, somebody say the word of God works. The word of God works. Of God works. Of God works. And those last week we, we talked about, in order for this reign of divine blessing to be released in our life to do the work of a word that God intends for it to do in our lives, we must remove the mask of Pharisaism and pretension, that is perpetrating where we pretend to be what we're not in our religious activities, that we have a form of godliness, but we deny the power thereof. And we talked about that, how we can be involved in religious rituals, getting, uh, you can, you, you can, you can take, partake of communion, uh, you can have ashes put on your forehead, and you can say certain ritualistic prayers, but God is concerned about why we do what we do more than what we are doing, because every man's work shall be tried according to what sort they are. And if any man should suffer loss, the Bible says, he himself will be saved yet as by the fire. And so we want to do things out of a pure heart. We don't want to pretend to be spiritually externally what we're not internally, internally, because spiritual, spiritual transformation starts from the inside out. He who began a good work will perfect it, will perfect it, until the day of redemption. Amen, God is at work. I'm under construction, what about you? Amen. God is at work. at work, he ain't finished with me. Yeah. So, so if, if you see me stumbling sometime, God is, God is at work. God is at work. In West African countries such as Cameroon, Ghana, and Nigeria, there's a religious practice called juju. And its followers believe that when a priest who practices the religion of juju puts on the juju mask, that that mask allows the the pastor, or in this case the priest, to possess while wearing the mask supernatural power. He is able to pronounce curses on you, and, or blessings. Uh, the, the priest who has the juju mask, and when I saw it, and whenever I'm dealing with demonic things, and, and all these years I've been in the ministry, that mask doesn't make me comfortable. I, it wasn't comfortable looking at that. But this person can pronounce curses and blessings, and he is believed to have the ability to do what is called spirit traveling person can be in one place but travel the world. We call that using a computer now, but they call it spirit traveling. Now, when the priest puts on the juju mask, he assumes a new identity. His voice changes. His posture changes. He's instantly transformed into someone else. The mask gives the priest new powers beyond and above mere mortals. People fear the priest, and they give him, while wearing the mask, great respect and honor. Now, something very peculiar happens when that priest
1: removes the mask. All of a sudden, those same people that reverenced and honored ignore him
0: and often treat him as he actually is, an ordinary person. Now, one of the things that obviously makes this a dangerous practice in those West African countries like Ghana, Cameroon, and Nigeria is that when the father who was the priest and had the juju mask, he would give it to his elder son. And so the tradition would continue. Now the elder son had the power to curse and to bless and to do spirit traveling. And it was because of the mask the son now assumed a position of confidence, a position of of respect, as long as he was wearing the juju mask. Now, while Christians clearly understand that there's no supernatural power that is transferred through a mask, We learn from Scripture that mask-wearing to protect ourselves from rejection and to project a certain image on Facebook, our social profile, to have a favorable uh, point of view of ourselves in the minds of others is not new. Before God placed man in the Garden of Eden, the Scripture identifies the original mask-wearer and the author of every mask that we wear to conceal the true image of Christ in our life. Jesus in Christ, the Bible says, not only is the fullness in God dwelling in the Godhead, but Christ has made us complete. But the enemy of our souls, who is the original mask wearer, the Bible calls the devil the father of lies. He is the also, he's also the one who would fit us for a juju mask or whatever mask we wear that prevents people from seeing who we genuinely are in Christ and what, what, the mask that would prevent you or I from reaching our full potential in Jesus. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 14 through 15. And here's what the scripture say. And no wonder for Satan himself
1: disguises, masquerades, camouflages, mask, transformed himself into a minister or an angel of light.
0: And it says, therefore, in verse 15, it is no great thing if his ministers also disguise, masquerade, camouflage, mask themselves into ministers of righteousness, who in will be according to their works.
1: And so the scripture says that the father of all masks that would desire that we would
0: conform, that's why Paul says, be not conformed to this world. Don't allow the world to squeeze you into its mold where you are looking like and acting like the world. It is the enemy's intention to fit Christians into a mask that hides the light of Christ. The Bible said, let your light so shine before men that they will what? See your good works and give you glory, right? No, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. When you're wearing a mask, it's like a light that has a lamp that is pre- it's preventing the full brightness of the light to shine a mask will conceal your true personage in Jesus. Now, we see this demonstrated in the first book of the Bible when we go back to Genesis chapter 3, verses 7 through 8, where this enemy who appeared in the form of a serpent convinced Adam and Eve that who they were as created in the image and likeness of God wasn't sufficient, and they needed to have some spiritual cosmetic surgery. Listen to verses 7 and 8, and the Bible said, and after, uh, and, and, and after Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized that they were naked. So they sowed a mass. So, no, no, they sewed fig leaves together. And made a covering, a mask to hide, to conceal themselves. And then, verse eight. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord of Jehovah Elohim as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they, they, they hid. They, they hid. They put on a mask. They concealed themselves from the Lord. You know you're not thinking right any time you really believe that you can hide from God. They hid themselves among the trees. The trees became a mask. The garment became a mask. The creation of God was the mask that hid them from the creator who made the creation. That's what masks do. Tell your neighbor, take off your mask. Not not the one you have on right now. Not until we get into April, not now. We're not talking about the physical mask, your surgical mask, but we come in there. Take off your mask in order to prepare for the rain, your spiritual, invisible mask. Last week, we talked about what we learned, the pharisaical mask that convinces you that you're not even wearing a mask because you're so used, and we're so used to practicing churchianity rather than Christianity. And the mask of pretense where we're protecting ourselves lest people see us for what we really are. Let's say see under the mask and say, is it, it, it's just you. It's just you. The mask of pretension. We saw that on last week. This week we're going to be talking about uh, the mask, the mask of protection. Again, again, the mask of protection and the mask of projection where we want people to see us in a certain light and the mask of uh, protection is the one where we want to avoid failure. We want to avoid being rejected. Are you with me? Now, I want to begin by just clarifying some terms, some key terms that really are in some ways directly stated in the passage of Genesis chapter 3, and I encourage you to read the entire passage. And some of these terms are inferred in the sense that they're not words that, they, that Moses used when God led him to write the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, the Decalogue, but there are terminologies that are colloquialisms to us, the kind of words that we use to say the same thing that Moses was told to say in, word, in ways that was understood during the time he wrote. Now, the, the first word I want to uh, clarify is the word disguise. Disguise, disguise, disguise. We, we really know what that is, but I'm, I'm just going to delve into it a little bit. And this is a person who knowingly or unknowingly attempts to change his or her appearance with a mask or costume, a mask, a mask for our purposes, or other means of deception to conceal your true identity, to hide who you really are, who you authentically are. And we're jumping ahead, but that's another term. And so disguise is where you wear a mask to conceal from others who you really are. You want them to think you are the person on your profile. You, you want them to think you are the person that is always the life of the party. And like Nehemiah, the Bible talks about Nehemiah in Nehemiah chapter 1. He went to work every day for 400, for, four, for 40, uh, he went, went to work for four months, four months after he heard that the walls of Jerusalem had been torn down and, and that there was no protection and the people were just in a dangerous place because the city had been run down and, and there was nothing that could do. And the Bible says that when he heard this, he became depressed. He cried and he, he fasted for four months. But during those four months, he went to work every day. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't clear that behind the smile behind showing up at work on time and doing his job, that there was a person who was hiding great pain. But all of that changed one day when the the king said, Nehemiah, your smiling face is not telling the truth. I see behind the man. This is nothing more than sadness. Nehemiah, you're depressed. Tell me why you're depressed. And so the king, everybody else missed it, Nobody else called Nehemiah on it, but the king knows. I want you to know that the king knows what's really behind your match. The king knows. And you know the, the thing about depression, the way the devil gives it to us coming in and going out? And when you're depressed, and sometimes people who are literally try to commit suicide, but they're unsuccessful, they say when you interview them, the reason why I try to kill myself is because if, if the people loved me the way they said they did, they would have known I was depressed. Some of the happiest people are the most depressed people. We had a coworker just the, the life of the party, you could my wife Noah, you couldn't see her without her stopping and talking to you and encouraging you. That woman got out of her car and jumped off of a bridge in another
1: state for no apparent. She was depressed, but the mask made everybody think, if anybody's happy, if anybody's got it going on, it was her,
0: but really behind the mask. She was actually crying out, somebody feel my pain. Somebody understand that I'm hurting. If you really love me, look
1: beyond my smile and recognize it's a disguise, it's a disguise.
0: It's a mask. Some people have worn a mask for so long, hiding behind, hiding their depression, that they don't even realize that They're
1: depressed anymore. It becomes your lifestyle. Being being depressed and discouraged,
0: some, as I've already said, have actually taken their life. What you need to understand, that nobody's God. What you also need to accept, is, somebody tells you they're going to hurt themselves, you need to believe them. And if someone does things that people who are suicidal do, even they don't tell you that they're depressed, there are signs and signals, and we need to look beyond the mask, beneath the mask, and recognize that it's a disguise. The second word that I want to consider with you is, is, is the word identity, identity, which speaks of the true you, the real you, the raw you. Speaking my truth, I hear the kids say, I'm just being real, keeping it real. (laughs) Keeping it unemployed, too. (laughs) Keeping bridges burned that you can't ever return across because you kept it real. And also being inconsistent with it because when folks are real with you, you can't handle it. You can't handle the truth. And so it speaks of the real you, the true self. It refers to the person who is behind the curtain. When you're offstage, when you're no longer performing, it's it's the person you are, it's your character. That is who you are when nobody's looking. It's the insecure you when you look in the mirror and you got your birthday suit on and you ain't liking what you see. Amen. I ain't the only one. (laughs) The one who feels a deep sense of inadequacy that says the best that you can do will never be good enough as a wife, as a husband, as a friend. I'm talking about your identity, your character. A person who fears rejection is terrified of the possibility that you might fail, that people might really, really look beyond that false veneer of confidence and see that you're really a little boy trembling,
1: hoping that no one will lift up that mask. It's those extra large feet
0: that you don't want anybody to notice. That we always feel obligated to tell something. you say, "I got these big little, why do you pay attention to your feet?" <laughs> why are you looking at my ears? Or my fully formed lips or the lack of point pointiness of my nose, the real, the real you, how you, how you interpret what you see. Uh, The one that says, I'm too light, I'm too dark, I'm too short, I'm too fat, I'm not smart. The one who says, the texture of my hair is not right. The size of my figure isn't right. I I should be a 2, I should be a 4, I should be my age. I'm not young anymore, I, and I, I can't keep up with them anymore, but I don't want them to think that I'm getting old, I'm
1: not going
0: to, I, I dare them to ask me my age, they're just being disrespectful, I decide I'm a father, I'm everybody's father, I'm a spiritual dad, that's what I am, I'm good with that, <laughs> somebody say amen. I'm talking about the names that people called you, and no matter how attractive you are, how much weight you've lost, and what kind of physical shape you're in, you still hear this name or that name that just devastated you as a child. I'm talking about the prideful you, the unforgiving you, the angry you, the inconsistent, undisciplined you, the cheater you, the person who struggles with lust and calls it love, the critical you, the prejudging you, the one who really doesn't love others the way you want them to love you, the one who doesn't fully accept and recognize that we are all sinners, saved by grace. Your identity, the, who, who do you really see when you look in the mirror? Who do you really see when you evaluate yourself? What do you say about yourself when people ask you, do you focus on the negatives, on your weaknesses, on your lacks? The reason we do that is because that's how we see ourselves. Your identity. And then we talk about the, the third word, that, and we're moving on, the, the, the phrase authentic self my most authentic self, that has come to mean that we, not God, get to determine our gender, whether we, like when babies are born now, doctors don't say male or female, they ask the parent, what do you want to designate your child as? Howard said, I've never seen one of these gender reveals that has a rainbow color. It's either blue or pink. You confuse people. (laughs) <laughs> they don't know how to give to you, and then they don't come back no more. So you say blue or pink, and then you get crazy and say, I don't know what I want to call him or her. Well, for, for the believer, and, and, and then it also, uh, our, our, most authentic, our most authentic self also has to do with our sexuality. God doesn't get to tell us who we love and who we have sex with. We've got so many different names, bisexualism, uh, homosexualism. I mean, they've created all kinds of names just to make people comfortable in their sin. But for those who are truly born again and saved, we go to the Bible to get our direction. We believe that God's word is the final authority for instruction and direction. And we know that God is pleased when we obey his word because the word of God works. In Genesis chapter 1, it says, so God said, let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish, the sea, the birds, and the air, over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing on the earth. And then here's what I said. So God created man in his own image and likeness. He created him. What male and female, he created them I know it ain't cool with the millennials or the Gen Zs and the college graduates, but I, I'm going to stick with this book. God said to Adam and Eve, be
1: fruitful, and you multiply the earth.
0: He didn't say, Adam, if you choose to have a baby, we'll figure it out. No, 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 no. That's what happens when, when we are wearing a mask that was not given to us by God but by the greatest deceiver of all, the father of lies. Are you still with me? Now, one of the interesting things, I hadn't been to the gym like I used to. I'm getting, I'm getting, we're getting back there once we do this little surgery thing. But what's your exercise guru? Who, who's the person that tells you you get your own what? Training. Oh, yeah, your trainer. That's what, yeah, 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 yeah. That one of the things that they might recommend is that you have a before and an after. The after picture may be how you look 10 years prior to a couple babies and 30 years of marriage. And so the before picture, the, 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 the current picture, the before picture is how you currently look and, and what you want to do about that. And So we work diligently in order to get to this after picture. We, we, sometimes you even look in the mirror at the picture that's been posted, and you just keep on working. You're going to get in that suit again. You, you're going to wear that dress again, and, and, and you're going to be ready for that wedding. You're going to get in that bridegroom's thing. You're going to do it. And guess what? Most often I'm amazed at how this, they, this, this is to succeed. I get a little spandex in the side pocket, but anyway, now, while that is perfectly fine in the physical realm, when we talk about our most authentic self, that includes how we want to look physically, the before and the after, but the Lord has already provided for us a photo called Jesus. The Bible says he is the prototype, he is the first fruit, and that we were saved by the foreknowledge and predestination of God in Romans chapter 8, verse 27, so that we will look like Jesus, we conform to his image. When I look like Jesus in the way I think, and the way I act, I am being my most authentic self as a Christian. That's the photo you need to have before you. What was Jesus like? What would Jesus require of you? Last of the four phrases that I want to continue with, it. and the Bible says they knew that they were naked. They knew that they were naked. I never really considered that, that three times in verse 7 and then verse 8 and then verse 10, and this was that they knew that they were naked, and in their nakedness they were embarrassed, they were ashamed, they were disgusted by how their bodies looked to them now. And what, what really gripped, grabbed my attention was when they
1: became ashamed. Now, I'm going to talk about why they became ashamed, but Adam and Eve were married. It was just them walking around in their birthday suits in the garden. They had no children.
0: Hallelujah. Um, I praise the Lord. Children grow up and they get their own families and they honor the Lord and that's a blessing to the parent. But you get some privileges when the children ain't around. Amen, amen, amen. And so here the Bible says this, husband and wife, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, are now looking at each other in their nakedness, and they are ashamed. They are embarrassed. They're not comfortable in their own presence taking their clothes off. How in the world can a wife and a husband be uncomfortable being unclothed? in the presence of their spouses. I want you to know when you wear a mask, let me tell you why we wear this mask. Let me, here, here, here's how it happened. Here's how it happened. You want to know how that happens? Well, back in Genesis chapter 2, God commanded Adam and Eve. Here's the command. He said uh, to Adam, and the Lord commanded the man. Say commanded. commanded. A command is not an option. It's not, a, it's not a multiple choice. It's not, God, can we talk about this? Can we come to a, no, 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 a command is an absolute, a directive, an imperative. God said, the Bible said, God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden, you may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat, for
1: in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die.
0: Now, we understand that Adam did not die physically, but he did die in that very day, the very second. Now, here's the compromise by Adam and Eve that was catastrophic. The Bible says, so when the woman saw, she studied, you know, a woman ain't going to just buy it." something off the rack. She ain't just going to grab that first perfume. She ain't going to just grab that first hat. That's why I I love my wife, but she can leave me home when she's going shopping. I'm okay when you come back. Just bring some money back when you come, and I'll enjoy the finished product. But I know what I want when I go. I'm in, and I'm out. The Bible says that Eve, she saw that the fruit. She studied it. She analyzed that thing. She scrutinized it, and, and before she touched it or, or, or ate it, she, 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 as she was trying to understand if it was what God said or not said, she finally concluded after she touched it that it didn't kill her, so it must not be what God says it is. So she took of it and ate. She gave it to her husband who was sitting right next to her, that should have been leading. And, and, and brother, you if you just newly married, you'll experience this. It's this the oldest, oldest in history of mankind. Back to Genesis chapter 2. You go in the store, you get ready to buy a major appliance. But the salesman ain't going to talk to you. He's going to talk to your wife. <laughs> and if you're going to buy a car, he want to talk to the wife. Because if he can convince the wife that he likes the way the car looks, a brother is going to give in like Samson gave in to Delilah. All she got to do was shed a few tears. She pressed him, she pressed him, she pressed him. And so this would Adam, instead of him leading his wife, as God had placed him in the relationship to be her spiritual head and her covering, here we find Adam being the passive responder. Whatever you want to do, baby, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to do right. But the interesting thing is that when God came to execute divine judgment, he wasn't looking for Eve. He came after that man who gave the responsibility of being spiritual heads. So, so, so what would cause a man and a woman to be in their, the privacy of their bread room and they look at each other and, 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 and some people may have been married since 10 years. They, ain't never, they haven't seen their wife without their, all their clothes on since they've been married. Isn't that horrible? You're be married to somebody, you wouldn't know what they look like. You might be shocked to see them with their clothes off. They became a nun after they got married. I'm telling you, I just talked to somebody like that. Oh, God. Marriage can be a dream, but there's another the side of the coin. So, so, so what, what actually happened here is the Bible says that they disobeyed the command, and the compromise had catastrophic consequences. Sin, which is, here's what sin is. Here's what sin is. You're not going to hear this in, at work. You're not going to hear this at home. The Bible talks about sin. sin. Sin is disobedience to the word of God. When we don't do what God commands us to do, guess what you've done? You didn't misstep. You didn't mis, misunderstand. something You didn't didn't a white lie. No you, no, you sinned. And so sin is disobedience to the word of God caused sin that sin that what caused a spiritual separation between God and man. The moment that Adam sinned, he died. Death in the Bible means separation. So he was spiritually alive. All of his five senses still work. But spiritually, his heartbeat, when God used his defibrillator, when God used his, his test to see if Adam was in fact alive, there was no spiritual heartbeat anymore after he sinned. So the cause of this discomfort, this cause of embarrassment and shame about the body that God says you are fearfully and wonderfully made, now why are we ashamed? Why are we uncomfortable? Why can't we see ourselves? Now you need to do everything you can to take good care of yourself because the Bible says you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you. And if any man defile, if we don't take care of the body, that's one thing. But if God has designed you to be short like me, vertically challenged but I'm six foot two in my mind. Come, don't misunderstand, brother. I can live comfortably in the design that God decided for me because God made me to be an original, not a copy. If God needed copies, he wouldn't, if he wanted you to be a copy, he he would not need you. And so sin, sin, the spiritual internal disconnection caused by sin caused Adam and Eve to understand what they saw externally incorrectly. And so now they need a vision correction because of what internally they were separated from God. The Bible says that their minds were darkened, their thoughts were darkened. They became the natural man who cannot receive the things of the spiritual God because the things of God to the natural, the, the physical man, the unsaved, the man who's never been born a second time, make no sense. Because they lack connection. They lack spiritual discernment. And so this separation occurred at the moment, Adam and Eve. And so what causes us to look at ourselves and see ourselves incorrectly, even either having a superiority complex, I'm, I'm pretty good here, yeah. Or the other extreme, please walk on me. Please treat me like I'm nothing. And then we call that humility. The Bible says their eyes were open to the darkness of sin and closed to the light of spiritual truth. That's a whole theological discussion. What happened when Adam and Eve sinned, they lost their innocence. They're watch little kids? If you didn't put clothes on them, they would walk in their birthday, all the time. They'd be outside. Hey! And people think you're an abusive, neglected parent. They're innocent. They don't know that there's anything wrong with being unclothed. You have to teach them that what God said was good is now something that you have to conceal because the way our hearts and minds work now, what should have been perfect and precious is now perverted. Mm -hmm. Think of it like this. All of us have some type of either direct TV, cable TV, fire stick you make a contract when you get these these, these uh, amenities, and, and, and you want to watch your special programs. I love watching the Sixers when they win. I don't tape losing. When they lose, I don't watch it. That's why I tape the game before I look at it, to determine if I want to look at it. And, and, and so I made a contract with, 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 with Xfinity that I would pay a certain amount of dollars to watch my special. The, design package. Somebody know what I'm talking about. And they agree that they're going to send me a signal that allows me to watch my sixes. But something happens when I don't make my payment by a certain time. I get my favorite beverage and get in my rocking chair, my, my easy chair, and I and getting ready to watch my, my guys go to business, go to war, and I turn on the screen.
1: And when I first used, when I used to see Joel and Beeb, now what I'm seeing is a, is a gray static screen
0: with nothing on it. What happened? Disconnected. <laughs> And so where you should be getting clear revelation, clear, clear messages from God, clear opportunity for worship and fellowship with God, when we sin, that, separ- that the, the sin causes that fellowship to be broken, and now you got static. When Adam and Eve sinned, they were static. They were static. Now, for us, we don't get totally separated from God. The fellowship is interfered. It's broken. But let, let's, let's run on. So we've seen some key words. That's so important. If we're going to take the mask off, we need to know what a disguise is. We need to know what a true, authentic self is. We need to know why they felt naked. It wasn't nothing about physical. It was how they felt on the inside because of sin. Somebody say amen. We need to know these things. We need to know these things. Amen. Now, the second key point that I want to talk about, and we're going to be getting you out of here in a little bit, and that is, Covering yourself with a mask can prevent you from getting your healing. The first thing that Adam and Eve did when they realized their eyes were open is they ran from the person that could heal them. They ran from God. They tried to conceal themselves from God. And so when you really start looking at what we, how we think and we, what we say to ourselves and how we think about ourselves and the kind of people we surround ourselves with, instead of us getting our covering from God, we will run from God. Adam and Eve recognized their problem. He recognized that they were naked. They come wrong. We ain't right now. But the fact that you recognize that you're insecure, the fact that you recognize you're unforgiving, the fact that you recognize you hold grudges, the fact that you struggle with pride doesn't mean that you have the power to do anything about it. They realize they relied on themselves. They tried to cover themselves. And what we do, cosmetic surgery, we do all types of bariatric surgery. We we do this and that. I'm not saying anything's wrong with that, but we try to cover ourselves. What is it that's going to make my friends like me? What is it going to get me a husband? What's going to get me a wife? And so we put on the mask. And so what they did, they relied on themselves, and they ran from God. They ran from God. The trick of the devil is to keep you hiding behind your mask rather than returning to the mirror of the word of God. Every time you get in the Bible, you see yourself as God sees you. Isn't it interesting when you're going through the first thing that the devil tells you don't go to church, don't get on the prayer line? No, no, no. That's when you get on the prayer line. Well, I messed up last night. Get up out of the muck and the mind and get on the prayer line. Get up and get in your word. Somebody say amen. And here's the worst part about it that keeps you from getting your kidding, the cup fell to God. They refuse to ask God to cover them, they hid themselves from the Lord. They hid themselves from the Lord. When you get a chance, look at Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. A man came to church, and he had a withered arm. Everybody knew him. In fact, they, you don't, when you read about this account of the man with the withered arm, they don't call him by their name. They said the man with the withered arm, the man with the afflicted arm, the man with the, 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 the deformed arm. That's how they call him. Deformed. Come here. Deformed. And the Bible said that Jesus came to the synagogue on the day, on the Sabbath, and he spotted the man. And he said to the man, stand up. And, they, and the Bible said the religious leaders were watching to see if Jesus would heal on the Sabbath. The scripture says, being God, he knew their thoughts. He, knew, and so he, said, he said to the man, don't hide your deformity. Stretch out your hand. And the man was willing to uncover What was hurting him, what was was embarrassing to him, and he made it available to Jesus. And when he made it available to Jesus, Jesus healed him. He restored the man's hand. But if you hide your withered hand, if you flee from God, if you try to do this on your own, you will continue to have that dysfunction, that pain, that woundedness, that brokenness. Let me finish with
1: this. Covering yourself with a mask will prevent you from getting healing. Take the mask off. Now be careful who you
0: take the mask off in front of. I remember telling a brother, my spiritual dad, I I just started talking to him. I told him everything I ever did do. I was a pastor when I told him, I said, this dude, he know all this stuff about me. He, he He gonna question my salvation. And so when I got done, he looked at me and said, I want to tell you about myself. He told me one thing he did. I said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't need to know anymore. Thank you, Jesus. I ain't never done that. I showed my brother my withered hand, and I found myself getting healing because for the first time, somebody looked at me without my mask, and they didn't judge me. They didn't condemn me. He affirmed me. He didn't say, continue to do what you're doing. He simply said, I love you anyway. Oh, some of us are waiting for our mother to say that, waiting for somebody in our family. They may never say they love you. They may go to their grave withholding those two, I love you. They may, you never 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 have a hug from them. But I know that God loves you, and so do we. Yeah. And I know that God wants you to have somebody that you can, you can come clean with. Yeah. Come clean with God to remove your mask. Let me share something. The Lord said, Adam, where are you? Where are you? That wasn't a geographical question. God knew where Adam was. He knows where you are. He knows the asking where. He knows your insecurities. He knows your fears, your frustration. He knows the rejection that you're running from. He knows the lack of confidence. The Lord says, where are you, Adam, spiritually? And then he said, Lord, I found that I'm a naked. I'm embarrassed. And when you say that you're naked or when you're embarrassed about the way God made you, you're saying that, God, you did something wrong. Adam was actually "When I, when I discovered that I was naked, when I looked at what you created,
1: I was no longer satisfied. I was embarrassed. Are you embarrassed by how God made you?
0: That's what Adam was saying. And I hid. I hid. So he was hiding because he was embarrassed. He was also hiding because he didn't want to be judged. When you get exposed, when people really know about you, then they can hurt you with what they know. I'm almost finished. Here's how you take off the mask. Here's how you come clean with God. Remember that God knows where you are hiding and what you're hiding from and why you're hiding. He knows. He knows where you are when you're feeling your worst, when you're saying the most horrible things. I often say to people, you need to record the things that you say to yourself. You would be shocked at how you talk to yourself, how you defeat yourself before you even try. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For the ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he watches your path. He knows everything that there is to know about you. Remember, here's the second thing. Get real with God.
1: Get real with God. Adam at least said, I'm afraid. What
0: mask are you wearing? What do you need to be real with God about?
1: I'm angry. I'm disappointed. I'm lonely. I don't feel like I'm smart enough, good enough. If I was
0: really to show people the way I really feel and think, they would not want me to be around. They wouldn't want me around. Be real with God. What are you? He knows. Anyway, but when you say it, the Bible says you will know the truth, and the truth of God will what? Set you free. And when the Spirit of God is at work in you, there is what? There's liberty. The devil is a liar. I'm not going to be bound. I'm coming clean today. I'm going to tell the Lord all that there is that I'm
1: struggling with because I'm tired
0: of being bound. He was ashamed of his body. He was ashamed that God was going to judge him, his flaws. Ask yourself the question. The Lord said, who told you that you were naked? The question is, who told you that you were ugly? Who told you that your skin was too dark or too light? Your hair is too curly or you're too coarse or you don't have enough hair at all? Who told you?
1: That wasn't the Lord. It was the serpent who said when sin
0: entered in. Who told you? Who's, who are you listening to? Are you having a conversation with the serpent like Eve did? Ask that question. Accept full responsibility for the mask that you're wearing or continue to suffer the consequences. God said, when, Adam, when he asked Adam, Adam said, the woman <laughs> you gave me, if you hadn't given me Eve and God so you and her, you ain't going to get no deliverance if you're pointing the finger at me. My mother did that. She never said she loved me. My dad was never there when I was growing up. And, and, and people told, said horrible things about me. i got the scars on my body to show. You can keep blaming everybody else, or you can take full responsibility for how you have responded to what was done to you. Adam blamed others, and Eve said, the serpent. But if you're going to get your mask off, you need to take full responsibility. I'm wearing a mask.
1: I'm I'm perpetrating. Except full response. We're almost done. Allow God to cover your nakedness
0: with his grace and unconditional love. He made a covering for them. Don't you understand that it's not by might or by your power, but it's by the spirit. The Lord, the reason why I have favor, the Lord is covering me. I got flaws coming out of my ears, but if the favor of the Lord is on me, what weapon formed against me will prosper? If God is for you, who can effectively come against you? God is for you. He has already covered you. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. Your stuff is covered by God. Do you understand that? It ain't your makeup, baby. It's not your
1: your, your mascara. It's the blood of Jesus that covers you. Accept yourself and others by becoming who you were created to be. You, There's nobody else like you. There's nobody that can be a better you than you. So if you
0: accept, you, you, don't, don't, you don't need a man, you don't need a woman if you don't accept yourself. The Bible says love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't love you, you can't really love anybody else. You're going to be taking from them. You won't be completing them. So the challenge is I'm gonna get this mask off. I'm gonna learn how to be real. I'm not, when I get involved in a dating relationship, I'm not sending a representative of myself. I'm showing up for that Joker. He won't see me. The first time he knows me, it won't be when we laying in bed together after we said I do. He's gonna know me the whole journey. Accept yourself by becoming all that, and others by becoming all that God created. Finally, ask for help.
1: Some of the stuff that has happened to us, I don't know about you, I've seen so many people die,
0: and I said last week that I I just felt overwhelmed because of, thank you, the need to help everybody. And then every once in a while, I walk into a room, and the floodgates of, all the tears that I have and cry, I'm just a basket case. And what I realize is that i never dealt with what, my own pain. I've been helping everybody else. But when something close to me happens, it's like the weight of the world. And so, we all need to have somebody that you can talk to, not that's going to keep you wearing a mask, but that you can be totally upfront with. The Bible says, confess your faults one to another, admonish one another, encourage one another, love one another. Asking others for help means that you can get professional help. Ain't no, nothing wrong. The Bible says, there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. There's stuff you've been struggling with for years. You have not gotten a breakthrough. You are in bondage, and it's hurting your current relationship, and it's keeping you from becoming all that God wants you to be. You need to be in therapy. In the name of Jesus. Stand with me. I think I've told this story before. I know I did. Shout if you remember it. No, don't do that. I read a story some time ago about a hen who accidentally was given an extra egg in her nest. And the egg that was placed in the nest was larger than all of the other chicken eggs. But being the hen mother that she was, she just sat on all the eggs and, and do, did what a hen, mother, a hen would do. And eventually, the eggs hatched, and the larger egg Turned out to be a larger sized bird, or or odd bird, let me call it an odd bird, than all the others. It ate more than the other chickens. It was bigger, stronger. But it walked like a chicken, thought like a chicken. And it really was convinced that it was a chicken. But every year, once a year, when the eagles would fly by that farm, this particular odd bird would look up and see the eagles and something inside of the, that odd bird would, would, would stir up and he would start flapping his wings and he felt like he could do what they did. But then he remembered he's nothing about a chicken. And so he started walking like a chicken, eating like a chicken, behaving like a chicken. And then it happened that as the chickens were at a pond on a clear day, that this odd bird looked into the pond and saw its reflection. And when that odd bird saw himself for the first time through the reflection of the water, he realized that he wasn't a chicken at all. He was really an eagle. I know the devil wants you to think you're something that you're not, and he wants you to think that you're not all that God made you to be. But if you would simply look at your reflection that is in the word of God, and if you would allow the people of God to speak life into you, I want you to understand the Bible says you will mount up with wings like eagles, and you will be able to soar above everything that happened to you. The stuff that should have made you crazy, the stuff that should have made you jump off of a bridge, the Bible said, you will run and not be weary. You'll walk and you will not faint because you are an eagle. You are an eagle. You are an eagle. Take off the mask. You are beautiful in God's sight. If no man ever tells you that, you're beautiful. If no man, woman ever tells you, I tell myself all the time I'm handsome. I go in the room and I say, yeah, you don't want to miss this handsome face. And then they look at me like I'm crying. I said, if I don't say it,
1: take off the mask. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus.